Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Daily Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and this show is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results from the weekend that was and wagers before diving into today's betting plays. Now, our episode today is brought to you by our sponsor, Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports to bet on on the website. They do have MLB there. We're not betting MLB right now the way that went in August. So they've also got CFL, college football, and EPL, and so much more. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and their mobile app can be downloaded from the homepage of their website. Depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure Uh, So go to bet99.com to make an account, use promo code SHOOTERS to get started, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age. So let's talk about the weekend that was of betting. Um, The title of the episode is basically we went 500 all weekend because that's how it was. We just couldn't couldn't get up, couldn't couldn't fall behind by too much. But as far as the EPL went, we were four and four on the weekend. Um, the winners that we had, we had Bournemouth and Nottingham, both teams to score. That one finished three to two. We had the same in Tottenham and Fulham. They finished two to one. And then we had Brighton and Leicester, both teams to score five to two there. And then the Man United money line at plus 166 was our big play of the weekend, was our biggest homer play too. Let's be honest. We're a Manchester United fan here at the show. So shout out to them for knocking off Arsenal three to one. Losers wise, we had Everton and Liverpool, both teams to score. None of them scored. It finished zero zero. Leeds double chance, they lost 5-2. West Ham double chance, they lost to Chelsea on a BS VR call in that game, I'll say it. And then Manchester City, first half money line, it was 0-0 and actually finished 1-1 there. Then college football-wise, we were 4-4 four and four for the weekend. Uh, some of our winners, we had Michigan State minus 21 on Friday. And then we had Bama minus 41 versus Utah State. They blew them out 55-0. We had the Notre Dame and OSU under. 59 that one was an easy cash there and then houston team total that one was a sweat triple overtime is what it took to get houston past the 33 and a half so we cash there some of our losing plays i don't know why we had faith in temple but plus 10 and a half temple got blown out colorado tcu the over missed there uh unfortunately a very low scoring first half set us behind the eight ball Texas A&M, our football team, let us down, minus 32. They only won 31 to nothing. And then Ole Miss, minus 21. They won 28 to 10. Now, when we're talking about other weekend results from other sports, we had yesterday some WNBA playoffs. The game of the year had to be that Vegas Aces versus Seattle Storm game. 110 to 98 was the final there. The Aces won in overtime. Aja Wilson, 34 points, 11 rebounds. She's my MVP, and I think a lot of Off the Ball Network's life MVPs as well. Uh, Chelsea Gray also had 29 points as well. 
And then Brianna Stewart, she had 2015 and six and Sue Bird had 17 and eight. And she had a clutch three that thought they won the game, but Vegas was able to respond. And then Chicago, they went up two to one against UConn. Uh, 76 to 72 was the final there. Candace Parker with a 16 and 11 double double. CFL wise, we had Ottawa beat Montreal 38 to 24. We're on Montreal Moneyline. Great call there, Ken. Uh, Arbuckle, 313 yards and a TD uh, was what did it for Ottawa. Then Saskatchewan, they lost 20 to 18 yesterday versus Winnipeg. Only four total points in the second half. I almost got tickets to the Labor Day game. Glad I missed it. Glad I stayed home because I don't think I would have been able to uh, have the beers flowing enough in order to want to stick around for that second half. Winnipeg, they moved to 11-1 and on the season. They're the first team to make the playoffs. And then Saskatchewan, they sit at 6-6. Six and six. Then we had a great live golf weekend at Dustin Johnson. He picked up his first live golf event win. Uh, he shot a 65 in the final round there. Also a three-man playoff there is Joaquin Neiman and uh, Anarbon Lahiri made the playoff there. DJ makes Eagle on the first playoff hole to win it. But when you look at this leaderboard, how could you not think that this event was great? You had Lee Westwood shot 62. You had Cameron Smith shoot 63, both missing the playoff by one. And then you look at the other guys on the leaderboard, whether it's Jason Kokrak or Abraham Anser, Sergio Garcia. This is completely comparable to a PGA Tour leaderboard. Uh, and it may not be the tour championship that we saw last weekend, but nonetheless, it was a great event. The four aces won the team event as well. Pat Perez continues to pick up those checks, riding DJ and Patrick Reed's coattails. Now, college football wise, Ohio State, as we said, they knocked off Notre Dame 21 to 10. Our guest in a few minutes here probably is a little bit excited about that result. Then we have number three, Georgia. They obliterated Oregon, number 11, Oregon, 49 to 3. Uh, the SEC really reigned true on that game. Utah, they got upset by Florida 26 or 29 to 26. You had Arkansas, number 19, Arkansas beat number 23, Cincy 31 to 24. Houston that we mentioned earlier, they survived triple OT against UTSA. Michigan obliterated Colorado State. Ole Miss, they obliterated Troy. And then USC hung 66 points on Rice there. So good weekend of sports. Really looking forward to this week as well. Uh, later on today, going to be doing a live show with good friend Walker Bailey to talk EPL and Champions League starting up as well. And I'm very excited that we are finally getting away from all the MLB that we uh, continue to lose on in the month of August. But as far as MLB games go today, because we are going to get into today's betting slate, there's not a lot of games here that I really love the values on. Um, I would like the Red Sox today with Waka on the mound. Uh, they are minus 105 today against the Rays on the road. So that would be one that I would have circled. Isn't a part of our official betting card, but it is definitely an early lean for us. Um, I do like the Astros uh, money line today. It is a little bit juiced at minus 180. So bet that one with a grain of salt. Not a, a lot of value there, but it is one that you could throw in with a parlay perhaps i do like the guardians money line today minus 135 they're taking on kansas city with tristan mckenzie on the mound and then it always feels safe to bet dodgers run line and today they're taking on the giants and they are even money there so that would be the official baseball plays that we're leaning but not necessarily betting on now we have a couple cfl games here today in about an hour's time we do have toronto and hamilton kicking off toronto they're five and five they're taking on hamilton who are three and eight heading into this game 
This one's essentially a pick 'em. You got Toronto minus 109 and Hamilton's minus 113. My early lean on this game would be to take the over. Uh, definitely not going to take either side of the money line here. We keep getting burned on these very bad Eastern Conference teams. And so we're just going to stay away from the East today. We do have Edmonton and Calgary. This will be an official play for us a little bit later on, but Calgary's coming in at six and four. Edmonton's three and eight. The complete opposite here, it's not a pick 'em. Calgary's minus 13 and a half. Um, I would lean the over 50 in this game, but that won't be our official play. That's just another early lean that we like overall. So let's get into the hedge plays that we do like for today that we are betting on. These are the official plays that we're going to have for the show. Starting in England with English Championship Soccer today, I'm rolling with Middlesbrough and Sunderland, both teams to score at minus 125. Now, Middlesbrough sitting 22nd in the table and you got Sunderland sitting in 8th. But if you go and look at the results for Middlesbrough, they've been very unfortunate to be sitting in this position. They should have got more points and more results here. And they are at home today at the Riverside Stadium. So I do like Middlesbrough to score here. The last time these two teams played was four years ago, and we had a 3-3 game on our hands. So these are teams that I think are going to open it up. It's going to be very up and down, as you see a lot of the time in English Championship Soccer. And so despite Middlesbrough having some rough recent form, they've only been held scoreless in one of their last seven games. And then you got Sunderland on the other side. They average over a goal and a half per game. So I feel very good about this one. think we could even see an early first half cash here at minus 125. Then we got Clemson versus Georgia Tech. I'm going under 52 at minus 125 today. I just want to buy the point here because I'm concerned with the way that Vegas looks at this game, that we could be looking at a 38 to 14 scenario. And so I want to make sure that I get the push there just in case. But Clemson, they did not have a great offense last year. They averaged just over 26 points per game. We don't know how it's going to look yet. We know that there's a potential QB controversy there. You got DJ, but then also five-star Cade Klubnik right behind him. And so I don't think Dabo would have hesitate to make a change here. I'm actually kind of hoping that DJ struggles early on because that would be huge for this uh, underplay. And then on the Georgia Tech side of things, Jeff Sims, he has an interception issue. And so I do think the Clemson defense, they're going to be able to hold them to limited points here. 14 would be the highest that I see them getting in this game. So everything that I'm reading says Georgia Tech offense will struggle. And week one, they're not sure about Clemson. That means for me, I'm taking the under 52. Now, Calgary minus 13 is where we're going today versus Edmonton at minus 115 on the CFL side of things. And this is us just buying that half a point just to be safe. But I don't think we're going to need it today. Edmonton is really bad. They are a very bad football team. Um, And Calgary, they're at home. They've got renewed faith in the quarterback position. They sat down Bo Levi Mitchell. They brought in Jake Mayer a few weeks ago. And since he's come in, Calgary has looked great. Now, Edmonton, they're one and four against the spread this year as well against teams that are above 500. So anytime they play these elite teams in the CFL, like the Winnipeg's, like the BC's when you have Rourke in, then they seem to fade entirely. So Mayer's coming off a game where he threw for almost 300 yards and three TDs against Winnipeg, who has the best defense in the league. I think Mayer could go for 350 and four TDs today. And the Elks offense, they've just stunk overall. And so they also won't have Kenny Lawler today on the weapons front. So really do like that Calgary play at minus one or at minus 115 at minus 13. 
And then to cap it off, Real Valladolid, Moneyline versus Almeria in the La Liga of the Spanish Soccer League. Now, people are going to look at Valladolid sitting at 17th and think that they're a bad team. When you open up the season going against Valencia, Sevilla, and Barcelona, very tough start. And so I think this is a good bounce back spot for them at home. Um, I do think as well, the fact that Almeria, they've played Real Madrid as well, doesn't mean that they've had an easy go at it either. But I do like them today. I think that Valadoit's going to get the result. And so if you like this one to be low scoring like I do, under two and a half at minus 130 is an alternate way to go with it. But we're going to take the money line at plus 142. Go for the plus value. Go for the home run. And let's have a great day today of our betting plays. So with that, we're going to head over now and we're going to bring on our guests to the to the show. We're going to talk some NFL future bets uh, and just overall general predictions for the NFL season. We got it kicking off here on Thursday. So NFL is finally upon us. Now, as I said earlier, this guy's an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. He's also a Dallas Cowboys fan. Now, if I was playing Madden and I needed a running back or a wide receiver, I probably wouldn't draft this guy. He's on IR all the time. He's hurt all the time. So I wouldn't bring him in. But if I needed an assistant coach, like this is a guy that I definitely bring onto my squad and I feel very comfortable doing so. And he's been on the show multiple times and he knows that I'm kidding with all of this. So let's welcome in Mo Murphy to the show. Mo, how are you doing today on this holiday Monday? Uh, I'm all good, bro. Uh, hell of an intro. Glad to know that I wouldn't be a player, but I'd be a coach on your team. So, you know, I have some type of value. Yeah, like you kind of have, I can't even say CMC value because I haven't seen like a CMC season out of you as a player, but like the, the injury is the concern. If you're 100% healthy, then I probably have you as like a special teams guy, but I just can't do it. I hope I'm you understand. Walking, I'm walking IR, bro. It's okay. <laughs> so we're going to get into the show today. As I said, we're talking about uh, some future bets. We're going to start in the AFC, talk some contenders, some NFC contenders, and then some year-end awards as well. So let's start in the AFC, Mo. I'm curious your thoughts on heading into the year. We love to throw the term contender, and I usually like to temper my expectations and not have too many contenders because, especially in the AFC this year, you've got anywhere from eight to 10 teams that could probably make the playoffs this year if things break their way. So who would be a couple of true contenders for you in the AFC this year? Uh, Kansas city for sure. Um, I pretty much, I ride the Kansas city train every year. Uh, they went to the AFC championship last year was what a couple of plays away from going to the super bowl again, four times in a row. How, how, because they lose Tyreek Hill, you give up on Kansas City as being a contender. Like, I'm just not buying into that. They got a great quarterback. They got a great coach. They're not lacking weapons. Yeah, nobody's Tyreek Hill, but you'll just have to score a bunch of different ways. I think you'll see a lot of games where Mahomes throws four touchdowns to four different receivers. Um, but you can't forget, they got probably the best tight end in the game as well. Um, Travis Kelsey knows how to get open. He's always going to be reliable. And when you have a tight end that great, you're always able to make plays. Like, you've, you know, Guys like Russell Wilson, like, they always rely on their tight end. So a guy like Patrick Mahomes, like, if all else fails, he'll always be able to get the ball to Travis Kelsey. So I'm still rocking with Kansas City. I consider them a contender. Um, top five head coach, top two, three quarterback. I mean, I think he's the best quarterback in the league. But you got top five head coach, top two or three quarterback, just to save the debate on who people think the best quarterback is. Um, so, yeah, I go Kansas City. I think the Chargers. I think the Chargers are a contender this year as well. Um, I'm high on the Raiders, but I don't 
they've had a lot. They made a lot of cuts, and it's tough. Like, I know it's tough when you make a lot of cuts and clean house, you know, with the new regime that the Raiders will be true contenders. But I'm going with the Chargers, too. Bro, they're loaded on offense. They're loaded on defense. Like, it's going to take injuries for the Chargers not to be a good team. Uh, you got Justin Herbert, who I think could win the MVP. Um, I think he'll be an MVP candidate for sure. He could win MVP. You got Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Uh, then you look at their defense. They added Khalil Mack. Now you have Khalil Mack and Bosa rushing the passer. You added J.C. Jackson. Derwin James just got the bag. He's, he should be playing a full season this year. Uh, so I just look at that Chargers team, and they're loaded everywhere. Top five to seven quarterback. How do you want to look at it? We still have some questions about the coach. Um, so he'll have a lot to answer this year. But I got to go the Chargers. And, man, it's so many good teams in the AFC. It's tough to just put. I'm like, kind of shocked that you haven't named one yet. The Buffalo what, Bills. Bills? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Buffalo, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, Buffalo. That's, now, Vegas odds, the, the reason why is because Vegas has them as the favorites to win the AFC this year. So that's why I had it as like a glaring. They're a contender. They're, they're, I mean, they are definitely a contender. My only question is, like, do you think Buffalo is overhyped going into this year? Like, there's some high expectations. Like, yeah. to win the AFC, you haven't played an AFC championship game. Like, they haven't gotten past that second round. Yes, they have Josh Allen, who he's the odds-on favorite to win MVP. Like, they yeah. think, you know, he could arguably be the best quarterback in the NFL. But he's the, there's a lot of expectations. I mean, when you have a quarterback who's the favorite to win MVP, you're a super – I think, aren't they the Super Bowl favorite on top of that? Yeah, they are. They're the favorite to come out of the AFC, the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Like, those are lofty expectations. Like, they pretty much – they're going to have a defensive player of the year candidate, I think, in Tredavious White, if as long as he stays healthy. Um, so they have like lofty expectations and I almost wonder like, yes, Josh Allen is great, but are they a little overhyped? Like, is that the expectation? I mean, it's basically Super Bowl or bust for Buffalo. So they're contenders for sure. But for a team that hasn't made an AFC championship game, they're Super Bowl or bust. Essentially, like if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, the season isn't a success. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I think the expectations are due though. The, The fact that you've got Josh Allen, who's the odds on MVP favorite. Uh, they they don't really have a running game, but they've got good weapons. They have a good defense. I think they're one of the more complete teams, and I think everyone projecting Josh Allen to be MVP is a big reason why they're the MV or like the the Super Bowl favorites. Like, mm-hmm. I think that people have too high of expectations on Kansas City this year. Like, I actually don't consider Kansas City a contender this year. They've earned it. Like, don't, you don't think Kansas City's earned the benefit of the doubt at least this year, though? Like, But, but, but I, I don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt on years past if I'm looking at a roster that, to me, is a bottom 10 defense, if mm-hmm. not worse. Like, could be bottom five defense in the league. Like, they're very bad defensively. And I know that it's just the loss of Hill because they did – they went out and patched it well. I don't have concerns about the offense. I just think once you get into the AFC and if you have to match up – with the Chargers who added Mac and they added somebody else in the second. Yeah. Like, so you add defensive playmakers there. Uh, If you have to play Denver, that's a good defense in a tough environment. If you have to go to Denver, they have Russell Wilson now. Like for me, the four contenders that I have in the AFC is I've got Buffalo because the expectations are there. How can you not have them as a contender? The Chargers, despite the fact that they haven't made the playoffs yet, that, that was the team where I'm like, 
man, me putting the Chargers as a contender, but Kansas City not, as you said, giving not giving them the benefit of the doubt is tough. But I just think if you match Kansas City up with the four teams I'm going to name, then I, I don't see a scenario where they beat them. Cincinnati is another one. How can you not have Cincinnati as a contender when they just went to the Super Bowl last year? Like you, I'm, you want to hear? I don't know. Uh, if Cincinnati makes the playoffs. They're making the playoffs this year. Oh. And, and and I was in the same boat as you with Cincinnati about six weeks ago, and then just something to me was like, I think I'm just finding a reason to not pick Cincinnati. I, I think I'm finding a reason to not pick them, and I think that they they kept the core together that they needed to in order to make a run. Um, Joe Burrow, I think he's going to be an MVP contender. He's not going to win it, but he's going to be in the MVP conversation, kind of in that top five discussion. And then my fourth team was Denver because I, I really do like this Denver team, top to bottom. I, I think you know I hate Denver right now. I, I, I know you do, and so like right because now. to me, like the the teams that I want to throw at the window, I'm not putting Baltimore there until like to me, Lamar right now is in that DAC discussion of like playoffs wise like like mm-hmm. show me something more than what you've done and they both won a playoff game but until you get to you know the next step like i just can't put you yeah. as a contender they're also coming off a year where they missed the playoffs and everyone has the ravens winning the division i think they'll win the division as well but i'm just not ready to put them as contender status we're not going to throw indianapolis in there like i like matt ryan but I just don't see a scenario where Indianapolis goes on a run and knocks off all these great teams that we have with far superior quarterbacks. Like Matt yeah, Ryan's a good quarterback. Matt Ryan, I don't think they were a Matt Ryan away from no. being like like they were Matt Ryan away from being a playoff team. But I don't think they were like up oh, a Matt Ryan away from if like they were a Russell Wilson, then I would say, okay, I'll think about it because the run game's there. He's got the weapons, they've got the defense, like they have everything yeah, yeah, in I place. Think they needed to a top it. five to seven quarterback yeah. but like I don't think they were like a Matt Ryan away from like oh yeah they're contenders they got a good defense I, I, I'm nervous with their weapons though like well just, it's Pittman it's basically yeah, Pittman and that's what that's what kind of like for me but it, that's been indie for a decade because even yeah, prior to that it was T.Y. Time. it was yeah. just like T.Y. Hilton and then we're supposed to be excited about Jack Doyle and then there was the Eric Ebron era and like yeah, and then uh like ever since they got rid of like you know the Marvin Harrison Reggie Wayne, Edron James, and Dallas Clark, like offense with Peyton Manning. They've kind of, they've never really had weapons. Uh, it, it's and that's just, why I can't put them as a contender because yeah, I just think- it's tough for me to say Jonathan Taylor will carry them to AFC Championship. I mean, we've seen Derrick Henry do it, but it was, I mean, Derrick Henry doing it was dominant fashion and it was unexpected. Like nobody yeah. thought that was going to happen. So I think, I don't think you turn around and basically bet the success on a running back. I just, Jonathan Taylor's great, arguably the best running back in the league. Um, definitely top two or three, but I just, it's tough for me in today's era to say a team will run themselves to an AFC championship again. I just, I don't see it. Yeah. Especially not when you have these teams that can hang points on you as quickly as they Yeah. Can. I mean, the quarterbacks in AFC are crazy. Like, <laughs> like, like, like it's crazy good in the AFC. So, those are my four contenders, and I am one of those people. I'm one of those suckers that's in on Buffalo this year. If I had to pick a team to come out of the AFC, that would be my pick. Shocker, I'm picking the favorite at plus 310. Too, I also yeah. say that, too. Like, like, but to me, when I'm betting these future bets, like I would put a unit on Buffalo because the odds are like 3-1, to one, but then I'm also going to go and look for like who's that other team that could go on yeah. a run. 
and, and look for the value play. And I'm not going to put a full unit on it. I'll put half half unit on it maybe yeah. and then go from there. So who would you have coming out of the AFC? Coming out? God. And, and to me, th- th- what's so hard about this this conference in general is that I think it's going to be so matchup based that one like, wrong matchup can ruin somebody's season. Be- like because, literally, because you could have Kansas City misses, and then suddenly they get the Chargers as the seven, and you're right. like, oh damn, like that's a tough one. But then in another game, you're going to get Indianapolis versus like the Ravens, and you're like, well, I don't consider either of these team contenders, but somebody is going I'm to the AFC divisional round. And then they're going to be a game away from the AFC championships. So I do think it will be matchup based, but if you had to pick a team that like you think, I mean, it really is. Who do you think matches up well with the most teams in the conference? Bro, I'm going to be honest, bro. I sipped the Kool-Aid last year. I'm sipping it again. I'm going with Kansas city, bro. I I just, you know, and remember when I picked Kansas city last year, they went to the AFC championship. So I wasn't that far off. Um, But remember like the first few weeks, it was looking real shaky. Everybody, oh, you bought yeah. into Kansas City, and I was arguing that that people were giving up on Patrick Mahomes, and maybe he's declining or he's plateaued at how good he's going to be, and da da da. It it was rough those first couple weeks, and then they turned around, and it's like as soon as Kansas City turned around and played like the team we knew they were, it's like all that stopped. Everybody was quiet at that point. Like, so I just, bro, I give them the benefit of the doubt. They're, they're well coached. Yeah, there's questions on defense, but. They can get in a shootout with anybody. Like, if it's like, okay, they can't stop nobody, who's really going to stop them either? Yes, they don't have Tyreek Hill. They got Valdez Scantlin, who could still take the top off of defense. Yeah. Gonna I, do I'm it. not worried about the offense side of things. Like, th- this Kansas City team, to me, gives me Peyton Manning Colts that didn't go to the Super Bowl vibes. Yeah, like, that's it's because the defense world, is so offense, bad. But in the today's world, so offense, like... Defense, but offense could carry you a pretty. I mean, look at Cincinnati. Like, yeah. their defense was good. It wasn't right, great. Yeah. I mean, look at the weapons. Like, they didn't even have a good offensive line. Like, the play of their playmakers and their quarterback, like, took them to the Super and, Bowl. And that's why I still have them as a contender. Because, yeah. Because when you have Chase, like, Higgins, we forget, is still super young. Like, he could take another step. And they still have yeah, boys. a year older than Chase. Right. Like, and then you've got Mixon. As long as Mixon stays healthy, I think that's what could make or break them because I think what Mixon gives them is it keeps defenses honest. And that's why you're able to see Jamar get open as often as he does. Yeah. And it's Cincinnati's a tough matchup because, I mean, and Joe Burrow said it in an interview if you want to play man to man, go ahead. Good luck. Like, because yeah. we have too many weapons. But I just get nervous about those teams that made a miraculous run. That wasn't expected, and then like now we put expectations on the team. Yeah, like now we put these lofty expectations. They made it to the Super Bowl. Nothing less than an AFC championship, right? Is hot, but that division is good. Like Pittsburgh's defense is going to be crazy. I think the Ravens' defense is disgusting right now. I mean, they are loaded on defense. I expect Lamar to be healthy this year. J.K. Dobbins will come back, so they'll do a lot of lot of RPO. I just think. I think the Ravens will win that division. Cleveland's defense is nasty. I know they have, they're rocking with Jacoby Brissett um, for those first 11 games, but depending on how Deshaun, depending on where they're at after those 11 games and how Deshaun Watson, how long it takes him to get going, Cleveland could be that team that just makes the playoffs and then yeah. goes on a run because they do have a very good quarterback, but they struggled a little bit. And then, so I'm just looking at the AFC North. Like we talk about the West, 
and it's all the quarterbacks and everything where we look at the AFC North and like, do we love Lamar? No, necessarily. I mean, I like Lamar, but I'm saying, is he like a, it's yeah. not the loaded quarterback division, but they have talent like everywhere else. Like all those defenses are disgusting. You know, uh, it's just we question AFC North because we question Mitch Trubisky. Um, and we well, question think it'll start midseason, I think. And I, that's what I'm saying. So, but so do you think Pittsburgh is a bad team essentially then? Like if Mitch, I, I, I don't think they're bad. They're just, they're not in my top 10 in the AFC. I, they're, but they're 11. So good, though. Like, I think that's what I mean. Like, so yeah. you can't put them it's ahead of anyone in the West. You can't put them ahead of Indy. You won't put them ahead of Baltimore or Cincy. And then it's kind of preference. Like Buffalo's ahead of them. Miami could be like, like it's all a preference thing. If you think that getting Tyreek is enough to, to make that offense and Tua look better then that's one thing, but well, they got Cleveland's a, lot. a team that Cleveland's a team that I would honestly wait and see when we get to that week 10 range, if they're at 500, I might go and put money on them to win the AFC just because if they are still in a position where Deshaun's going to come back and play, potentially take them on the run, and then they have all the great players that they have in Cleveland, that's a team that I think could sneak sneakily get through. Yeah, they're the team that'll have a lot of value when Deshaun comes back. Like, if you take it at around week eight and it looks promising and you're like, okay, they're just missing Deshaun Watson. Like, if everything's rolling for Cleveland and you're like, all they're missing is Deshaun Watson – that could be a scary good team. So you I don't can't have to bet them right now. You can't no, 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 bet no. them right now because you, you don't know, know that like what what if they're three and nine? Then you're like, okay, they're out. So. Yeah, they're like four and seven or something. So like you don't know till midway through the season, you don't know what position they're in. So and I wouldn't even with Deshaun, like if he was playing the whole year, I wouldn't consider them a contender yet. Like I gotta see what all that looks like. Like, bro, Deshaun hasn't played football in two years. Like, you know, like by the time he steps on the field, it'd be like two and a half years since Deshaun Watson has played football. So until I see what that looks like, well, I think like come next year, I think Cleveland will be a contender. I don't see why they wouldn't. So let's head over to the NFC. I think there's far less contenders than... I think there's only two, to be honest. Yeah. I think that there is a third wild card team, but I think we both know Rams and Bucks, right? Yeah, is that where we're going. Yeah, that's what that's where I'm at. Because Bucks are plus three hundred, Rams are plus four forty. Bucks still have Tom, lots of weapons, solid defense. Rams, they just won the Super Bowl. How can you not have them as a contender at that point? But I can't put Green Bay there. They're probably the next best team though, like because that defense is is going to be crazy good. I know they lost Devontae, and I think losing Devontae is for. Green Bay is going to hurt a lot worse than Kansas City losing Tyreek Hill because Kansas City did a good job, like you said, patching it up. Where they, yeah, they drafted guys, and but when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's a great quarterback, but he's you've already heard him kind of gripe about like the young core. Randall Cobb is old. Like, what do you you really expect him to do? Sammy Watkins. Yeah, Sammy Watkins has been washed for three or four years now. Like, we expect him to do something. I have no expectations for Sammy Watkins to be anything more than average at best, probably this year. You know, Randall Cobb's hurt. Tanyan's coming off an injury. He's he's known to get banged up and miss some games here and there. And then, like, we have to see what Romeo Dobbs and um, Christian Watkins are. So, 
but that defense though, and and they're they're well coached. I mean, this guy, you know, uh, thirteen and three for what the past three years? Like yes. they went thirteen and three. Were they thirteen and four last year? Uh, I, I just think the, the issue that I have with Green Bay is the second they run into the Rams or Bucks, like to me. I, yeah, I, like I, I don't see. I, I don't know if they can beat either one of those teams, which is why I, I think Minnesota. Bro, something tells me Minnesota's going to be that team this year. I don't know why. I hated them last year. Everybody was telling me they were a good team. They couldn't win the close games, but they got. I, like, I liked what they did. I liked the new head coach. I think they're actually in a great spot to make the playoffs this year. The third team that I have is San Fran. And I have them as a wild card only because, okay, the Lance situation is interesting. Let's say he comes in and he's good. Then this is a good defense with lots of weapons, and they're going to be fine. It's a great team if he's good. Even if he stinks, we've seen that Jimmy could come in and he could take them to the NFC Championship game because he did it last year. Like as much as we love to hate on Jimmy G, like they've gone to a Super Bowl in the past couple of years, he could come in if if worse comes to worse, and and they could be in that NFC Championship game. So that's why I have them as like my third. They're a wild card. It's almost like the the Rams in Tampa are tier one. Tier two to me is San Fran, and then tier three is Green Bay. I would maybe throw Dallas and Philly in there. Maybe, maybe that, that the Philly team scares me. Because they are so good everywhere. Like it all depends on her. And that's that's where they're scary, is because they have arguably the best offensive line in the NFL. Their defense is loaded. That secondary is gonna be a no-fly zone. Uh they're a little iffy at running back. I mean, they could do a running back by committee and be fine. They're a little iffy. I know they want Kareem Hunt, and something tells me they may end up getting Kareem. I, th- I think they'll make the Hunt move because Sanders is going to miss time. And if you think that Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott are going to get you through, I just that's yeah, not the committee that you want. Trey Sermon. Um, they picked up Trey Sermon as well. Not like that's a crazy big addition or anything, yeah. but just saying, like with a running back by committee. I mean, we saw when Miles Sanders got hurt last year out of those couple games, like Boston Scott had like two big games. Like, he did play pretty well, and Kenneth Gainwell was good catching passes out of the backfield. So, as a running back by committee, they complimented each other. But it's like, if Hurts – what does Hurts need to be? Top 15? Like, is, is he needs top to be a 12. top 15. If Hurts is a top 12 quarterback. And not fantasy-wise. We're talking yeah, I'm strictly – like, Yeah, I'm not talking about from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, because that's where everyone goes. The second you start – Saying, "Oh, Hertz may not be the guy." Yeah, but he's great in fantasy. Okay, I don't yeah, care about fantasy. Don't, like fantasy is fan. Like I don't when when analyzing. Yeah. Like, yeah, Hertz is going to give me probably more fantasy points than Russell Wilson. But Hertz is not better than Russell Wilson. Yeah, so exactly. Um, but if he is a top twelve like quarterback, could Philly go to the Super Bowl? Like they have that kind of team. Like if Deshaun, yeah. if, if Deshaun Watson, or if Deshaun Watson was the quarterback for Philly and not Jalen Hurts, Philly might be the second or third favorite to come yeah, out of. It would be. And it's barring suspension, but I'm just saying like. A They'd be heavy favorites to win the division for sure. Because well, right now they're split with Dallas, which I to me, I think it's actually Philly now with the moves that they made. But Yeah, they've made a bunch of moves, and then they just added uh, Garner Johnson as well. So they're swinging not only to compete and win the division, they're they're swinging to, to win. I, I think we see yeah. Philly in the divisional round. For sure. And then after that, it, it depends on matchups. If you get Rams and Bucks, they, they have upset potential there. But 
I mean, if you get 49ers, then I, I would actually feel good about betting on Philly there. So Yeah, it just goes how good, how much of a jump does Jalen Hurts make this year? Because yes. if he does make that jump, then, you know, it's, it's Philly's loaded, like, they honestly. Are. But because I have questions at quarterback, how good is Jalen Hurts going to be? But you added A.J. Brown. Um, you know, you got Devontae Smith. Like, they have weapons everywhere. You got Dallas Goddard, like, I just don't see this team not being any type of successful. I hate saying it. Obviously, we're Cowboys fans, so I hate saying <laughs> it. But you got to give credit when credit's due. Like, this is a good team. So, but yeah, when it comes to contenders, like, I'm just not so, like, the AFC is so. It's bad. two. It's yeah, two it's, and a third they, wild card. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay turns out to be a contender just because. But you, they got to prove it to you. Like, you know, they've gone 13 and three or 13 and four uh, the past three years. So they are a good team, but I think that Devontae Adams is going to hurt a lot. Like, because yeah. their committee to me of wide receivers isn't nowhere near as good as how, like, Kansas City's and they, Kansas City still has Travis Kelsey, where, you know, it was Devontae Adams and the rest of the guys in Green yeah. Bay at one point. And now you lost, and you lost Valdez Scantling. Like, as much yeah, as he Alan was. Lazard, wide receiver one, is not uh, inspiring confidence in Green Bay. Yeah, because he wouldn't be. <sighs> He probably wouldn't be what any contending teams. He at best he'd be third. their third best wide receiver. Yeah, like, he's the third so, best guy on a team. Yeah, on a contending team, like you look at all these guys with all these weapons, like he's probably the third best receiver. So unless he has some breakout year, and him and Aaron Rodgers are connecting, and because he is Aaron Rodgers' guy, he puts up 13, 1400 yards. It's just it's tough for me to think that Green Bay is just gonna win on defense and Rodgers making plays when he needs to, like. I think there's going to be a time where somebody just explodes on that defense, and I just don't see Green Bay being able to win shootouts yeah. against these good teams. Now, they get in a shootout with freaking the Jets or something. Like, I think they could prevail. No. But, yeah, in the playoffs, like, when we're talking about playoffs, like, I don't think they can win a shootout with the Rams. Like, no. I don't think they can win a shootout with the Bucks because I don't know if they'll really be able to put up enough points. If it's all on Aaron Rodgers in that offense, this year I'm not sure if they'll be able to put up enough points. So, if the defense has a bad game in the playoffs, I see them losing pretty handily to yeah, some of I these agree. teams. But the AFC is just so loaded. It's crazy. So let's go and talk a couple future bets. Um, we got defensive player of the year and offensive player of the year. So the top five that they have for defensive player of the year, they got Miles Garrett at plus 600, Aaron Donald plus 640, JJ Watt, or TJ Watt plus 800, um, Parsons plus 900, and Nick Bosa plus twelve hundred. Who for you do you like as defensive player of the year? It doesn't have to be one of those guys that I mentioned, but is there a guy that you like for defensive player of the year? Michael Parsons. Yeah. Like okay, and, and this is what's gonna be so dumb is that it's gonna sound like we're the biggest Cowboys homers and that we're all in on Parsons. But last year, even as a rookie, he was getting love as like a defensive player of the year candidate. If he wasn't a rookie, he would have won it. Yeah. I feel like they just didn't want to give it to a rookie. Like, I mean, TJ Watt earned it. Don't get me wrong. Like, he did earn it. But I just feel like if Michael Parsons was a second-year player, he would have won Defensive Player of the Year last year. And, and so the thing, that's my thing. Here's the thing that I'm struggling with with these other guys. So, Garrett, I think the team's going to stink early on for sure, if not altogether. Because I don't know how many games Jacoby wins you. And if he doesn't win you a lot, then you probably don't bring back Watson and you just say, screw it, we'll we'll play for next year. Donald is a maybe for me. Like I feel like, feel like you almost get voter fatigue with Aaron Donald, 
And his is his problem, I think, is it's not we know he's the best defensive player in football, but his numbers don't always show it. Like you have to when yeah. you're watching Aaron Donald, I feel like sometimes you're you like, just oh my god, but then he's got yeah, one. You just have to know what you're watching to understand that like him being on the field getting triple teamed opens up everything else for everybody else because he's that dominant. So it's like he doesn't always show up on the stat sheet. But then he also makes those big plays when it when need to, like in the Super Bowl. Like because of those two big plays he made getting to Joe Burrow and getting those sacks is like why they won the Super Bowl. And so like, yes, yeah, statistically, he's not going to be the best defensive player. But we all know, like to me, Aaron Donald, I don't even think it's close. Like Aaron Donald might be the best player in football regardless yeah. of position. But I just don't have him winning defensive player of the year because I don't think he's going to wow you on the stat sheet. Yeah. Which is okay. I don't think he cares either. Like he doesn't. No. Care. no, not anymore. I think he's playing for another ring, and and that's kind of like we already know that he's going to be a Hall of Famer by the by the time he's done, and like he's just he's such a yeah, great. Yeah, he knows player. how good he is. Like it's he's not playing for hardware, and he doesn't care about. I don't think I don't think he ever did, but I don't think he cares about stats. Like he knows his impact on the field with the Los Angeles Rams. Like I don't think it's about stats for him. Like oh, I could have had three sacks this game. Like no. I only I didn't have a sack, but everybody else on my defensive line not in hurried passes because I just absolutely yeah. Or you know, double tackle for losses. Like he just yeah, but I just statistically I don't see him doing enough on the stat sheet because voters don't always know what they're watching. Like they don't. And plus, it's like I I don't know. I just I don't think Aaron Donald will do it. I think Michael Parsons. Like yeah, I agree. I agree on the Parsons. He was a monster last year. Uh, he's, he's the expectations. He's going to be a monster this year. And everybody can say we're being Cowboys homers, but this is coming from everybody around the league is amazed at how good Michael Parsons is. Obviously, Jerry Jones is telling us how much better he is this year. He's supposed to, but I expect it. But the whole league is amazed by how good Michael Parsons is. So they think he's great. I think a lot of people would take him to win defensive player of the year, especially I don't think Watt repeats. Like, uh, uh, NFL's not necessarily a repeat award, like a back-to-back it's award. It's a voter fatigue thing with him again. And and I don't think that Bosa's going to do enough, either Bosa, to be honest. While the one Bosa's going to get votes stolen from him, probably from Mac and everybody else on his team. And Nick, I just, I, I'm not in on him as Defensive Player of the Year and yet. that's such a pass rusher award like you know how we say mvp is a quarterback award like this defense of the year is is a very like it's a pass rushing award like look at all the favorites they're all pass rushers they're all defensive ends like yeah. the first five guys are all defensive ends getting to the quarterback so it's like who would you pick who would be your db who would be your db that could win defensive player of the year <sighs> i honestly don't even know i'd go with derwin james yeah with, if i had to pick a db to win it i think i'd go with derwin james I think he'll be fully he healthy. Go Ramsey if you want as well, just because he shuts guys down. Yeah, but statistically, Ramsey also doesn't. He's another guy who we know how great he is. We know he's. It's not yeah. even a conversation of him being the best corner. His don't show up on the stat sheet either. Yeah. He takes away a whole side of the field, so he doesn't get thrown at. He's just how Revis was back in the day, where it's like they just don't throw that way because they yeah. know they know. Yeah, like he just locks down a whole side of the field. So statistically, he's not, he's probably not going to lead the league in interceptions or do something that you need a DB to do uh, to win defensive player of the year. I mean, look at Diggs. Like, Diggs led the league in interceptions and still, I don't even think he was top three in voting. 
you know, uh, for defensive player of the year. Now, granted, he did give up a lot of yards, but I'm just saying, like, a DB leads the league with double-digit interceptions, and he's not even top three, just goes to kind of tell you, like, it's it's a pass-rushing award. Like, it's as biased with defensive player of the year as it is with MVP. Like, MVP should just be best quarterback award. Yeah. Like, so when we go to offensive player of the year, this one has basically become the best not quarterback. Yeah. Like, the best skill position guy. So... Two favorites are Cup and JT at plus 900. Then you got Derrick Henry and Debo at plus 1,200. And then Devontae Adams at plus 1,400 are the five favorites. Now, I have two guys in mind. One of them's JT, just because I think if the Colts get to the playoffs, they win the division. He's a big reason why. Could lead the league in rushing and TDs. Like, Especially given that a lot of the other great running backs are starting to have some injury issues. So I think JT's a good one. But the other one, it's a team that we talked about earlier, and it's one that I've already put money on, and it's Justin Jefferson. I knew that's where you were going. At plus 1,600, and I absolutely love it because I think Minnesota makes the playoffs. I actually think Jefferson leads the league in in targets, in yards, and as long as he gets the touchdowns up there. Like, if, if Justin Jefferson gets 12 to 15 touchdowns this year, like, to me, he's offensive player of the year. Because he only had 10 last year, and a big reason why is because Kirk loves Thielen and Thielen also had 10 last year, despite having what you would call like a subpar year for him. So that's where I'm going with it, but I'm all all in on Jefferson. I already put money on it. And I think that he's a great value play here. It's crazy because I was going to say Justin Jefferson, like I was for real, because they got an offensive minded head coach. He's talked about like, you know, throughout camp, like how, this office seems like it's going to be explosive. I think, you know, the head coach and Kirk Cousins are on the same page. We know Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Just look at the numbers. Like, as much as people hate on him, like, if you go look at his numbers, they scream good quarterback. Yeah. They don't scream great. But in some some categories, he's like, man, I didn't even realize he was that good. Like, he becomes yeah. underrated at a point because it's, it's, he's the never had perception real. is that he can't get it done. Yeah, like, like he's never had real success. So, he kind of, but he's almost to the point where if you look at his numbers, he's starting to become underrated and underappreciated for really how good he is. Uh, but I like Justin Jefferson. You know, another CD Lamb. Like, I'm not saying he wins it, but yeah. CD Lamb could have a big year. Like, we have a bunch of plug and play wide receivers outside of CD Lamb. We don't, I mean, we have Michael Gallup, but he's hurt, so we don't know how long it's going to take him to get his legs going. Like, we expect to feed Zeke a lot. Uh, That's what's just coming out of everywhere out of Dallas is, like, we go as Zeke goes. But, you know, if CeeDee Lamb and Dak have that connection, we know, like, Dak puts up numbers. Like, at the end of the day, you can hate on the Cowboys of winning and losing, but offensively, they put up numbers. Dak has thrown for almost 5,000 yards uh, twice. He threw for 4,900 what, two years ago? Or but prior to him breaking his ankle, um, he was on pace to throw for 5,000 yards. The year he broke his ankle, he was on pace to throw for 5,000 yards and have 3,000-yard receivers in Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. They all were on pace to have 1,000 yards. So could C- if CD puts up 14, 1,500 yards and 12 TDs, like, is he not in the conversation? He's He's 59 to 1 odds right now. I don't think that he's out of the conversation at all because like to go back to the wide receiver point, just in general, 
Cooper Cup, I think the big reason why he had all the production that he had is that when Robert Woods went down and they didn't bring in OBJ forever, like until very late in the year, Cup was like the only guy there. And Lamb's kind of hovering around the like the one guy that you feel comfortable with. Like Tolbert will get some, Schultz will get some, we Gallup will get some. But like once you get past that, like also how much are those guys really going to get in this offense yeah. and if Dak's throwing for 4,500 yards let's say this year and that might even be like underrating him a bit like he might be close to 47 48 lamb has to be a big chunk of that like he probably gets 14 15 of that like yeah like the the only thing that concerns me is that I just named like four guys and when I think about Minnesota I think about two guys that are really getting receptions and targets and all that stuff like it basically is Thielen and Jefferson you Irv Smith will get a little bit but the majority of it's going to go to Jefferson and that's why I have him there now as far as yours is a long shot I like the long shot odds on it like I would sprinkle a little bit of money on it because why not like if you hit on it that's amazing and that's a great play but yeah I I do think like, as I said, I'm all in on Jefferson. I think Minnesota's... Yeah, I'm with you good. on Jefferson, though. Like, I think... Like, like, Lamb, as you said, th- this is more so, like, a long shot, like, if you're picking somebody else. Like, because the thing is, they start going through all the quarterbacks and stuff, and I'm like, I find it hard to believe that, like, he's in the same category as, like... Like, George Kittle has better odds than CeeDee Lamb, and I just don't see a scenario where that's even possible. Like, yeah, I really don't. I don't see... I don't see where George they think George Kittle will get the usage to have I'll, higher I'll give you one other one. Travis Kelsey, 39 to 1. Now he now he could because he's gonna be the guy in Kansas City. Like he is the guy now. He may legitimately get 15 or 16 touchdowns this year to go along with fifteen hundred yards because no yeah, he's, Tyree. Before. He, he's done fifteen hundred yards before. What two years ago he was second. And, and, and if Kansas City does as well as we say that they, that you say that they do, and they are they win the division, they're the one or two seed in the AFC. How are you not going to give it to Kelsey at that point if he has those sorts of numbers? You would imagine if they do, Kelsey does have those kind of numbers, like yeah. fourteen hundred yards, twelve, thirteen touchdowns. Like could be second or third in receiving. I mean, the way the receiving numbers are going up, fourteen hundred yards, you're probably tenth. <laughs> in receiving, like, which is crazy. Cause, like, if you look at it last year, which is why, just real quick, I always get into the whole just getting a thousand, like, barely over a thousand yards, like, it's starting it's to become great a great feature because 27 guys got over a thousand yards last year. So, we're seeing the pass, the receiving yard number go up. So, when you're just getting over a thousand, like, you're 25th. Darnell Mooney got to, over a thousand. To me, it's 1200 now. To me, 1200 is the mark because yeah, if like, you think about the schedule, that's averaging out to 70 yards a week. Yeah, and you added an extra game, which is probably why we have 27,000-yard guys. But, like, when I look at it, like, if you have 1,200 yards, you are you might be 13th or 14th in, in receiving yards. Like, so that's why I say just getting over 1,000, it just it's starting to become an overrated feature because pretty much everybody has a 1,000-yard guy on their yeah. roster. We're talking about 27 receivers. Yeah. Had over a thousand yards. We're talking about Darnell Mooney. Well, I think he's good. He's not great or anything, but he had over a thousand yards. You pretty much have a guy that you can pinpoint on almost every team that you think can get a thousand yards 
easily. Like you'd yeah. almost pick one receiver from every team and be like, he's a thousand yard. He could get a thousand yards. So that's why I think you might have 30, 32 people get over a thousand yards this year. Okay. Like the number so, will be going up. So let's cap it off with NFL MVP. Now for me this year, I don't see a long shot guy here past the top five. Mm -hmm. Like, like full disclosure, when I went through and I was looking at names, like even Burrow was six and I'm like, I just don't see a scenario where Burrow's league MVP this year, but mm -hmm. Josh Allen plus 620 Mahomes plus 760 Brady plus 800 Herbert plus 880 and Aaron Rodgers plus a thousand. To me, it's one of those five guys. And I don't see another quarterback coming from out of nowhere to win it because Allen, we already talked about the fact that Buffalo's expectations, Mahomes, Mahomes could every year, just like Brady and Rodgers were the favorites last year. And then Herbert, because of the moves that the Chargers made and how much the league especially loves Justin Herbert, they're looking for him to get an MVP at some point. So outside of that top five, I don't have anybody else. Do you think that it's within that top five as well? Yeah, I mean, I... That, because yes. we, we throw out names like Dak and Stafford, and it's like it's fun to talk about. It was like Kyler Murray for me last year. I threw out Kyler, and I was like, man, he was an MVP for like eight weeks, but like you yeah, can't do it over first, 17 games. Through the first 10 weeks, though, you looked dead yeah. on. Like he, it was it was possible. Um, I do think it's going to be one of those five guys, but based on expectation, <clears throat> I would think Russell Wilson probably will be in that conversation too. I'm not sold on Denver. Yeah. But everybody is basically saying they, they think that Russell Wilson was the missing piece. They're going to have a good defense. Think they're going to have a really good offense. And Russell Wilson is going to be throwing the ball to Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy <clears throat> um, and that tight end. So I think he has he would be maybe the guy I'd say an outside shot. But I think it's Justin Herbert. Like that's that's who I think wins MVP. He has he's benefited from not making the playoffs. So now that he, he's put up the numbers and hasn't made the playoffs the past two years. So if they could go 11 and six, maybe second in the division, maybe win the division. But if yeah. they could go 11 and six, they make the playoffs and Herbert puts up 4,800 yards, almost 40 touchdowns, which is very possible. That's probably the stat line that they expect. Uh, I think Justin Herbert could win it. And I'm never always sold on the favorite when everybody's all the money's on Josh Allen right now winning it. Not saying that he can't, not saying that he won't. He He's earned the right, especially with putting up the numbers. And we know he's going to run. He runs the ball a lot. He pretty much is the team's leading rusher, throws yeah. the ball a lot. I just think with everybody being so high on him, I think it's somebody like uh, Herbert. Like, I think Herbert gets it. Like you said, I think they want Herbert to win an MVP, too. He's kind of become like he's like the hero in the NFL. Like, people love him. Like, everybody loves Justin Herbert. So, He's just become that likable guy, and then they, they, he's got the sympathy factor that he hasn't made the playoffs and this and that. So I, I think 11-6 and six and him putting up the numbers that we expect him to put up is good enough for him to win MVP, especially because part of that narrative is that he carried the Chargers to the playoffs. Like, they haven't made the playoffs for two years, and now he made it. To be honest, it might even be top four because I think everyone thinks Aaron Rodgers is a dick, and I don't think they're going to give him a three in a row. Oh no, 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 no. Like, like, like he, he, here's, here's the scenario where it happens. And it's the only reason why I kept him in there. Green Bay gets the one seed. The offense looks good. Defense obviously as well. They go like 13 and four. And Rogers hat looks great. 
throughout the I, year. I just and I'm with and you. And then they go, oh, Devont, no Devonte. Like, look at Rogers' weapons, and he he did this, and like there will be those people that spitefully say, screw this guy, I'm not giving him MVP again, and that's fair enough. But if they are the one seed, I think that's the only scenario. If if they're the two, like if he's behind Brady, they're they're just gonna give it to Brady. If he's the one, though, then you have to have the conversation of like, okay, but Josh Allen did it with Stephon Diggs. Patrick Mahomes did it with Kelsey Juju. Brady did it with Evans and Godwin. Herbert did it with Williams and Allen. Rodgers did it with Allen Lazard. And then you'd be like, oh. That's realistic. Like, that is realistic. But like you said, like, the whole voters fatigue thing and then, you know, this past, what, year with Aaron Rodgers and his offseason and him coming out and speaking on – I think he's talked himself into being hated. Uh, yeah. and he's talked a little too much. And that's what I think kills him. Like, if he doesn't do that Joe Rogan show, I think he is 100%. Like, this probably has blown over at this point. And we're just like, ah, whatever. Vaccination stuff was dumb, but he's back-to-back MVP. But now he went on there and he slammed the NFL and he slammed everybody. And it's like... Yeah, I and he's telling us, like, anger. people are hating him. He's telling us he's played games on Percocets and he's taking psychedelic drugs to deal with, you mm-hmm. know, coming into finding himself. So I just think with Aaron Rodgers, uh, I just think he's talked himself out of being a candidate. But like you said, if they are 13 and four, he's thrown for like 4,500 yards. You know, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. So he got like 36, 37 touchdowns, six, seven interceptions. Uh, and like you said, they can say, you know, the narrative, look who he did it with. Like they won, their defense was great, but look who he did it with. He put up those numbers throwing to freaking Alan Lazard. Like that, that's what, you know, that that's what the narrative is going to be. But I just, it's tough for me to see Aaron Rodgers win three in a row. Like I know. And, and, that, and that's why to me, it's insane for him to win three in a row. Like I just, I don't see them wanting him to do the that. Only scenario. The conversation. It just puts him in a different stratosphere in a sense. Like, I think the GOAT conversation is over with with quarterback because of Brady and he's got seven Super Bowls. Like, I think that's over. But that puts him in a different stratosphere of he won three in a row, and that'll be, what, his fifth MVP, and he's won three in a row. Like, I know it's an individual award, and you could talk about his playoff lack of success or whatever in his one Super Bowl, but one Super Bowl and five MVPs with having a three-peat of MVP, like, in, in, in the quarterback he's, era, too. Like, yeah, like he's, era. Older. he's older. That puts you in a different conversation of history. Like, probably, I don't think any quarterback has won three in a row. You if, could just argue him being the all-time quarterback talent. Like, not... Yeah, like, like, he would now really... He might hold over that conversation. Like, he's in that conversation, but, but three in a row... I, Man, I think Aaron Rodgers, I think he has to have, like, unreal. Like, I think he's got to throw for, like, 52, 5,300, <laughs> 45, 46 touchdowns, probably close to that 50 mark. Like, I think he's going to have to definitively show us that he is the best quarterback. And there is no know. way that you cannot vote for him. Yeah, that's and it, like he's, that's what he's put himself into. You have to – he has to put himself where there's – you'd be – you know your bias is showing if you don't vote for me. But I think he has to put up, like, some unrealistic – expectations on him numbers. Like I think that 5,200 yards or close to 50 touchdowns. Like, like you said, he has to definitively make you like you're a hater. If you don't vote for Aaron Rodgers cause he's really not liked right now. And we can't say that personal feelings don't get factored into, you know, some in these personal narratives or personal agendas. Like we can't say these voters don't have feelings and don't use their feelings when voting, even though they're probably not supposed to, but they still do. We're humans at the end of the day. 
So Mo, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Um, tell the folks where they can find your work at home. Um, yeah, you can follow me at Up Flames Pod on Instagram at Mo underscore Cheese fifteen on Twitter. Uh, also Mo underscore Cheese fifteen on TikTok. Um, I'm gonna be on Jeff's show tomorrow night with the college football reaction. I'm gonna do a show talking some college football. Then we got Friday Night Lights on Off the Ball Network every Friday. Myself and Walker will be doing that show and try to have guests and stuff like that. But kind of getting you ready on the betting side. And just uh, basically a preview of the Saturday slate as well. And usually on Fridays, if there's a game worth talking about on Thursday, we'll also talk about that. So, yeah, a lot going on. It's football season, bro. I feel like I'm busy from here on out, and I love it. I've missed it. I've missed just doing shows all the time. So football season is a busy one. Also, while we're talking about it, See You Sunday is back on Saturday. Uh, this coming Saturday, I think at 11 or 12, 11 a.m. or 12 p.m., um, Eastern got to get with couch coach, but see you Sunday is back. The off the ball network weekly show, getting you ready for your Sunday slate. The NFL is back. So definitely look forward to that one and overreaction Monday. Those are our two, uh, premier shows at the network that everybody loves being a part of. We always get a good cast going every Saturday and, um, I'll probably be hosting it more often than not this year, or it'll be a lot of us hosting it. Cause you know, couch coach took on some gigs and, be a little bit busy on Saturdays, but we won't let them down and it debuts Saturday. So also tune into that. As I said, appreciate you coming on the show and appreciate everyone who tuned in today on this holiday Monday. Enjoy your holiday Monday out there and we'll see you guys tomorrow morning for the competitive hedge podcast.